There are 750,000 podcasts on the internet. Most of them are politically correct wussies that blow smoke right up your ass. But this isn't one of them. No smoke blowing. You're listening to Chillin' with Juice. Keeping it real, keeping it raw and blunt. The Chillin' with Juice podcast was created for the intent to inspire a safe space for friends to converse. Empower great dialect between man and woman. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Juice, and he's always chillin'. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chillin' with Juice. I'm your host, Juice, a.k.a. The Nonchalant Don, a.k.a. Podcast Poppy, a.k.a. Uh, whatever the fuck you want to call me. Um, I'm here with a very important person today. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of important things. Hopefully we get some questions answered. Uh, hopefully we uh, get some insight on, uh, on on a lot of different things. But before I introduce him, um, if you haven't done so already, follow the podcast on Instagram. Uh, chilling with Juice Pod. Follow me on Twitter. I'm chilling. Stream, like, rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Pandora, anywhere you can uh, stream podcasts. You will find me. Um, I'm here today with a very, very important person to the uh, to the public, public safety, and just in the world general. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of police issues. Uh, hence, he is a police officer, so we're gonna uh, hopefully, hopefully, I have enough questions or put together enough questions to um, see if we can get a better understanding on a lot of things that probably most of us are confused on. Uh, introduce yourself, brother. Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Brian. I'm gonna give you my last name, but just know my name is Brian. You can call me B. They call me B Love, whatever you want to call me. But yeah, we can go whatever one you want to go with. But yeah, and I am a police officer um, in the DMV area. For sure, for sure. So um, I guess for starters, right? Um, tell us how long you've been a police officer. Um, how long you've been a police officer? Like you said, you're a police officer in the DMV area. Um, yeah, just, just give us a little bit of background on you. Okay, um, I've been a police officer for going on, well, 13 years now, going on 14 years. Um, started back out in uh, 2007. Uh, came out the academy in 2008. Um, I didn't do a lot of time with patrol. Um, I actually ended up going to undercover school and ended up being an um, undercover officer in the DMV area um, for about seven years. So I did everything from purchase narcotics, sell narcotics, purchase guns, sell guns, in an undercover capacity. Um, so I did that for about uh, seven, eight years, and uh, then I transitioned over, got out of that, and I'm currently now on the uh, SWAT team. So um, I've been moving around a lot, and uh, I got a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience, uh, you know, with uh, doing different things and knowing, you know, as far as you know, lethal force, deadly force, and everything. So mm-hmm. um, my background, like I said, right now I'm on the SWAT team, so we're constantly training and we're constantly just, you know, learning different tactics and different ways to handle different situations. All right, so I, look, I guess I guess we'll jump right into it, right? Um, 
what's a, a big thing now is um, police brutality, uh, the um, killing, some would say slain, of um, uh, fellow black people. And um, we all don't have a necessarily a good understanding on the law, number one, right? And it's different interpretations of the law, uh, what is uh, allowed, I guess, as far as um, policing and what are our rights as citizens. So I'll, I guess I'll take the most recent case, um, George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis. Um, he, they, uh, the video that I saw, but we, we all saw by now, uh, was the officer who had his knee on his neck for X amount of minutes. Mm -hmm. um, there are different videos circulating when one, he was inside the car already, he was already in handcuffs. The video, the infamous video of um, the officer having his knee on his neck. What are your thoughts of that entire ordeal? Well, uh, first off, rest in peace to that, that man. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, nobody deserves, to, nobody deserves to die and on that day. That man definitely did not deserve to die. Um, it was sickening to me uh, watching that video. Uh, it was, it was just, it was, it was bad. Um, and I feel like uh, any any police officer um, that feels like that incident was justified shouldn't be a police officer at all. And they pretty much are the ones are the reason why we're going through what we're going through now. Um, yeah, that video was was definitely um, it was it was bad. Um, that officer showed no compassion. That officer. Pretty much, in my opinion, officer is a piece of shit, and I feel like he should get whatever he deserves. Um, he's definitely going to go to jail. Um, I don't know about the the other officers involved. Uh, from the knowledge, from the information that I received, one of the officers, I believe, had four days on the police department. Um, so, I don't believe those officers will go to jail. Um, however, do they deserve to lose the job? Absolutely, but I think um, for them um, to, for them to go to jail. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's a tough one because you got to think about it. You're, it's your fourth day out on the street, and you know you're getting trained by guys who have experience and mm -hmm. guys who have multiple years on of experience and guys who got multiple years of in patrolling and just knowing how to handle different situations. You got four years on the police department. Um, this is just my opinion. You're not going to walk up to your your training officer and say, "Hey, you know, get off him." You know, you're not, you're just not going to do it. Not with four days on the police department. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? We can, we can try to Monday morning quarterback it all day, but you got, you're a rookie and you got four years on, you're going to do whatever your training officer tells you to do. So like I said, do those um, other officers deserve to lose their job? Absolutely. Um, do they deserve to go to jail? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, le I leave it up to the public to decide that, but I don't think they're going to go to jail for that. But the main person involved in this? Oh, absolutely. He deserves everything he gets. Everything. Now, a question I had with, uh, we hear about, like, cases where um, the the uh, charged officer has been, like, released or and the charges were dropped, like in the incident in um, Michael Brown in Ferguson, right? Mm. Um, let's say if you get, um, you get charged, you go through the whole proceedings, but you don't get convicted. Are you, can you, or would you even want to police in that same department again? Could you police in that same department again? Could you? If you wanted to go back to work, you could. However, nine times out of ten, a lot of these guys will not police back in that community because 
it's a risk. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, everybody knows who you are. They know mm -hmm. your face. So most of the guys, even with that Michael Brown case, he, he definitely didn't go back to the police department. I don't know. I don't know whether or not he I'm, I'm thinking he actually did find a new job um, policing somewhere. I'm not for sure where it was, but nine times out of ten, you're, you're not going to go back to the department that you were working for. Yeah, I always wondered that, like, I don't know too much about the judicial system and all stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I'm pretty, you know, you guys as police officers have um, uh, policies and procedures that y'all must follow. Correct. For the laws that you have to enforce. And people don't understand that. And I, I have conversations with a lot of different people. And, you know, we all come to an understanding that our fight, like being the citizens, right, mm -hmm. isn't on the street. So if you feel like any wrongdoing is done to you on the street, that, that's not where you take that fight. Mm -hmm. Our fight is in the court, right? Right. But people don't seem to understand why. I have been detained. I haven't been arrested. I've been detained before. Mm -hmm. I've been put in handcuffs. I've been put in, in, in the back of police cars and scared as fuck. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't gonna lie, scared as shit. Scared as hell. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily scared because I feel like I'm going to lose my life. I just don't want to fucking go to jail, right? Right. And but now it's almost like the potential to lose your life is really, really high, mm -hmm. and it has everyone on fucking edge. No one knows exact. But <clears throat> I, and and with, with some people, when when fear arises, you may um, resist arrest and. That's not good, right? No. So the the one instance that happened in Atlanta and Wendy's, um, what was what what was that guy's name? Um, his name. Sorry, was, if I can't remember his oh, name. Yes, I can't. What was his name? Um, but was it in Atlanta? Yeah, it was. It was in Atlanta at the Wendy's, and I'm I'm so sorry that I cannot remember his name, but um, um his name was um I'm sorry uh Rashad Rashad. Okay, Rashad. Yeah. Rashad. Now now we saw the video. Right. Um. Now, um, people will say that the police officer, police officer could have handled it a different way. He could have let him sleep it off or like he requested in the video to walk to a sister's house. She didn't live that far up the road. But he, let's, let's say for argument's sake, he followed the policies and procedures of the Atlanta PD. Mm -hmm. There was a scuffle. And a weapon was gone for, whether it been his, his actual gun or a taser gun. Mm -hmm. Now, tell, tell us, if someone, a civilian, a person, a human, whoever, anyone that's not a police, goes for your weapon, what actions are to be taken? Well, it, every situation is different, um, but um, we can go to the, we can, we can, we can go back to the Michael Brown case for a second in that mm -hmm. situation where the evidence showed um, the evidence showed I mean, I read, I read pretty much read that whole grand jury that case the mm -hmm. evidence showed that Michael Brown was attempting to take the officer's gun mm -hmm. so at that point um, an officer is justified mm -hmm. to, to use deadly force mm -hmm. when somebody is trying to steal their weapon mm -hmm. because that officer doesn't know whether or not and that officer is pretty much thinking that he, he's trying to use that weapon to kill him. To kill him, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, an officer would be justified all day to use deadly force if somebody's fighting to, you know, get their weapon. Um, 
that that's that's pretty cut and dry. Like yeah. you, you really can't argue. You can't you can't argue that, too right? much about that. No. Yeah. Now, um, we when we see video where a man like uh, Castillo in in Minnesota was mm-hmm. shot in the car mm-hmm. because the officer was was the officer looked looked visibly scared, mm-hmm. like trembling and all of these other things, right? Right. In that type of situation, I feel like that cop is guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no gray area for me. Mm-hmm. He shot him, and he didn't. He from the video, he didn't oppose a threat. Mm-hmm. Do you hear or see self situations like that often? Um, when when it comes to officers, I do because you got to remember that um, every officer's threat level is different. Mm-hmm. So so something that you may be threatened by. Mm-hmm. I may not be threatened by it. Right. Um, on traffic stops, I don't feel like I have to pull out my weapon on traffic stops because my, my threat level doesn't, you know, get to that point. Where now, it, it, there has been times where, you know, the, the windows are tinted. I can't see who's in the car, um, and it may cause me to, you know, um, take out my weapon. Not point it at anybody, just to, just to have it, you know, right. you know, just in case. But um, everybody's threat level is uh, different when it comes to. Um, when it comes to police and um in that situation um i felt like that situation could have been handled a lot different mm-hmm. if that was me i f- i feel like no i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't have shot that guy right um but um i don't remember all the facts and the evidence in reference to that case um but once again i'll say that um that individual didn't deserve to die he did sure. yeah he, he did not deserve to die um but um, every officer's threat level is different. And um, I just tell people all the time, I tell my friends, I tell my family, um, at the end of the day, if you know you're right, if you know you're right, you know you didn't do anything wrong, you have to live to tell your story. Yeah. So when I say live to tell your story, I'm saying, you know, comply. Mm-hmm. Comply, and then you, you, there are proper steps to take to make your complaints, you know, to speak to whoever you need to speak to, but you can't do that if you're not here to tell your story. So I try to tell my friends, regardless, if you, if you feel like you did nothing wrong, don't fight. Comply, comply, comply. So you can tell your story. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know the police are here to protect and to serve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to, I guess, in a sense, they, you guys work for us, I guess, in a sense. Right. But, I mean, sometimes, man, just the simple light of a police officer's car will frighten the shit out of you. It does. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's you you get the bubble. Well, I do. Mm-hmm. A police officer <laughs> gets behind you, and I know damn well I ain't doing nothing. Right. Nothing at all. But it's just what I don't I don't I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. What what that is that 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 makes us so fearful. Now I can see with everything that that is being done, and you know everybody's recording everything now. Right. There was a um a police I want to say a police commissioner I think in maybe New York who was begging people to stop recording them uh-huh. shooting people that that's that that that's what the article read uh-huh. and reading that shit like sound fucking crazy yeah so it's almost like from what he said is that we just don't want you to see us doing like we we know this shit happens mm-hmm. it's not it's not something that's that you can hide anymore especially with now with social media and. And the good thing is too, most departments, most most of your major departments wear body worn cameras now, mm-hmm. and they're on, they're recording mm-hmm. all shifts, you know. Mm-hmm. And if it's cut off for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, 
that's a problem. That's an issue. What so. what happens to an officer if their body cam camera is is turned off? Well, you got to think about it. If that officer's by himself, if that officer's by himself and his camera cuts off, he's going to have to explain why why it's off. But you got to think about it. If it's multiple officers on the scene, just because that officer's camera's off doesn't mean all the other officers around are recording. That's so true. something's going to get captured. That's true. Something something's going happening. to get captured. Now, if you're by yourself, it's different. But you got to think about it. If it's three or four officers on the scene, all, all everybody's camera shouldn't be off. There's going to be a camera running right. to catch everything. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, and now let's go to... And we are back. Um, the the case, and it, it's it's so fucking many, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there was one that happened in October 2019, Atiana Jefferson, um, where the officer Aaron Dean shot and killed her through the through a back window of her home while responding to an open front door. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know much about much. But that shit sounds crazy. You yeah. you were you're responding to a call about an open front door, mm -hmm. and you end up shooting through the back window. Is it any other any other information about that case? What was that? What was that lady's name? What was her uh, name? Atiana Jefferson. Atiana Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, the officer's name was uh, Aaron Dean. I think it was in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm not too familiar with that. Like I said, it's it's a lot of cases. Um, it's a lot of them. Yeah, it's it's a lot of cases. Um, and like I said, every every situation, every encounter is is different. Um, mm. I really see. I don't. My my thing is for me. I don't like to um, voice my opinion on cases and stuff that I really don't mm. have the facts about. I like. I try to get all the facts about a case before. You know, I, I voice my opinion. That's yeah. just you know, that's just me doing my doing my due diligence and yeah. doing my research, you know. But when it comes to like facts, when it comes in reference to um officers and, and you know, our use of force, I can mm. speak on that and you know, what we're trained to do and what we're trained not to do. What is proper <clears throat> let's start with takedowns, take right? Or right, like no more no more rest. Okay. What 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 is the process and procedure as far as takedowns? Well, are we dealing with someone that is resisting, or are we dealing with some somebody let's that's get, complying? Let's. All right. So there's a difference between there's a, there's a difference. not complying and resisting. Correct. All right. So what's the difference between the two? Well, when you're complying, you're you're um, listening to the officer and you're obeying everything he tells you to do prior to him putting you in handcuffs. Okay. So, for instance, he'll well, I'll you know I'll give you an example. I'll you know tell a tell a gentleman, sir, you're under arrest. Um, at this time, I need you to place your hands behind your back. Mm. And at that time, that individual places their place their hands behind their back, and mm. I place some handcuffs. Okay. So that's somebody that's being compliant. Okay. And complying. Now, someone who is resisting. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's pretty uh, cut and dry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, oh God. Um, someone who who doesn't want to comply. You put sir, put your hands behind your back. They refuse to. Mm -hmm. uh, what? What happens next? Um, there's, there's, there's a few things that could happen next. Um, what I try to do is um, I try to call for backup. Mm. I'll say, hey, um, you know, dispatcher, can you send me an additional unit? I have a gentleman that's being uh, non-compliant. Mm. Um, just send me, send me, some, send me an additional unit because mm. you know the more officers you have on the scene, in my opinion, the better. It, right. it avoids you know those those fights or those mm. you know those things that happen. So um, what I would do is I would call for backup. Mm. Um, 
and I will, you know, continue the whole time while the backup's coming. Sir, I need you to, you know, put your hands, I need you to comply. I need you to, you know, put your hands behind your back. Um, if they continue to um, not comply, there are other forces or uses of force that we can do. Mm-hmm. As far as pepper spray, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, minimum force. Mm-hmm. Um, if a guy's resisting arrest um, and fighting to, you know, get the handcuffs on him, you can. We are trained to pepper spray him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go that route first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you don't, for me, most of the time, it doesn't even get to that point. Um, most of the time for me, I, I call for backup. And once they see the backup, yeah. You know, okay. they, they say, okay. you know, you know, all right, let me not fight this situation. Yeah. Let me go ahead and, you know, comply. But um, like I said, if someone, someone is not being um, compliant, you can, you know, you can pepper spray. Uh, we have something else called aspartam you can use. Um, aspartam is not used to hit someone across the face with. Mm-hmm. It can be a deadly weapon, mm-hmm. but we're not trained is, to is, use is it. Is that the one that you need the ground to yes. push it back in? Yes. Okay. So let me say this. We are not trained to use that as deadly force. Mm-hmm. We are trained to use that to um, get an individual to comply. And that thing can break bones. It can, but the places we are trained to hit them, mm-hmm. not really. But it can happen. I mean, anything can happen. So we're trained you know, to... to for arm strikes, mm-hmm. um, leg strikes, mm-hmm. uh, lower leg strikes, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, no head strikes or mm-hmm. anything like that. So when do you when do you guys use the tasers? At what point? Um, every department is different. Um, well, for for MPD or for like for uh, like PG County, I don't know uh, in Virginia, I don't know what what their um, general orders are in reference to using a taser, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use the taser to um if someone's not complying it all it all depends um our taser program is different than my department's taser program is different than a lot of other taser um departments but um let's say if a subject has a weapon um or a subject is fighting you um you are justified to use the taser you are justified um if a guy was running at you with a knife, instead of pulling your gun out, mm-hmm. uh, a taser would be, you know, mm-hmm. a good thing to use because right. you're not, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to kill that person. Right. You just want that person to. You um, just want to disable. You them. want, you want to stop the threat. Yeah. With that, with the knife. So it just, like I said, it just depends on you know the situation or you know, the um, what's going on on that scene. Like I said, every every situation is different, so it's kind of hard to say when you can use it, when you can't, but. I know you can't use you can't use it um, if someone's you know uh, give you an example you can't I'm not going to use a taser to uh, get an individual out of the car mm-hmm. especially if he's um, if he's not um, if he's not armed mm-hmm. you know and he doesn't come off as an immediate threat mm-hmm. there are other methods to get an individual out of a car now we see that video of uh, the uh, Atlanta police again um, pulling those two teens out of the car shattering the windows I'm not sure if one of them were tased or not but I mean the shit just seemed mad aggressive right it was it was it was very it was very aggressive mad aggressive it was was almost like for what I mean and even even if I don't know for what it just seemed like it was just mad aggressive like it was like no one was putting up a fight no one was resisting Mm -hmm. how much time do you give an individual to comply that's what I want to know, right? Because it seems like the moment someone makes a command, then they go. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so, it's like there's no, okay. I gave the I gave the command. 
do what I, I do what I say. I wait or something like that. But I mean, I, I guess you can't wait because you never know what what the threat could be. Right, and like I said, every every officer is different. Um, I, like I said, for me, uh, I'll give a command, or you know, I'll, I'll you know say, hey, sir, put your hands behind your back. If they don't comply, I was like, sir, look, you know, I need you to comply. I, I'll. I have good verbal judo, so I know how to talk myself out of a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of officers don't have that, which they need to work on more mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of times we can, you know, officers can talk themselves out of yeah. a lot of situations. But um, for me, um, I feel like, you know, you could you could talk yourself out of a lot of these situations before they, um, before, they escalate. Escalate, before they escalate. But sometimes you can't. So, it, you know, it just all depends on the person in the situation and you know what's going on on that scene i i know some officers who are um for lack of better terms dickheads right okay um for whatever reason i don't i don't i don't i just know it's just it almost seems like a a, a it's like a, a an abuse of power in a sense right and um when you it's, it just seems like a lot of them it's, it's, it's almost like an ego thing. Like I, I ran into good cops, mm -hmm. and I'll say I have ran into more good cops than bad. Correct. But the bad outshine the good by so much. And then you know you you hear about um, racism inside the force and things like that. I don't think I've ever encountered racism from a police officer. Not to say that it doesn't happen. I I don't think I have encountered that. Again, I haven't had too many encounters, but. I don't know. It's just almost. It's just. It's fear is the best word that I. I mean, I've been pulled over for my what I was consider a minor infraction, right? Mm -hmm. I've been uh, asked to get out of my car because of my window tint. Mm -hmm. um, I've been asked to get out of my car because of a uh, of a tail light. Um, small things like that that I don't. Again, I don't know the, the rules and shit to that, but is that is that normal? Or, or, or if, if the officer has a slight suspicion of anything it is that when you can be asked to step outside of your vehicle and yes yeah, yeah, here, here's what i try to educate you know once again family and friends on anything it doesn't matter on, on any traffic stop i can't remember what court case it was what um what case it is case law it is but on any traffic stop any officer can ask anybody to get out the car whether it's for speeding whether it's just for a broken taillight at any point in time an officer can ask any driver to step out of the vehicle at any time that's why you know it it's just it's for for the for officer safety and for the driver's safety we can say hey sir you, you mind stepping out of the vehicle for me you're not under arrest just you know while i'm doing my investigation or while i'm conducting my investigation i'm going to ask for you to step out the car mm -hmm. that's that's normal that's protocol that's just been in place for years i mean mm -hmm. it's just it's, it's not something that an officer it's not illegal. Right. It's something that officers are 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 trained to do, and what right. officers can do. Do you think some of the policies and rules should be adjusted for the times? Um, some, yes, I do. Um, but for me, in reference to officer safety, once again, I feel like every officer's threat level is different. Mm -hmm. So if an officer feels like whether you know. It, you're pulling somebody over for going 10 miles over the speed limit. If you're in fear, or you, or you or you have an indication or some type of, um, um, not probable cause, but um, like um, um, suspicion of mm -hmm. something else happening. I mm -hmm. mean, and you want to, you know, you know, 
put the, you know, the, um, basically if you want to make sure that, you know, every, everything's okay, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to, you don't want that, you know, that level to rise. You can mm -hmm. ask the individual to step out of the car, but I do agree. Some things should change with time. I do, but I feel like on traffic stops, I feel like, so every, so everybody's safe and everybody goes home to their families. I feel like if the officer feels as though um, stepping that individual out of the car is um, going to um, make him safe and make everybody else safe, I don't have an issue with that. Is there something that a, a person could do to lower an officer's uh, threat meter? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he walks to the car, he may feel a, a threat for whatever reason. Is there anything a person could do to lower how how threatened the officer feels this is what i say when when i tell once again i tell friends and and family when you get pulled out by the police the first thing you should do roll down all your windows mm. um, most of my family have heavy tent mm. so you don't want to you don't want you don't want to have also um, walk up to your vehicle and not be able to see what's mm. inside your vehicle who's in your vehicle so i tell them every i tell them all the time roll down all four of your windows mm. or you know if you got a two-seater roll down two two of your windows uh, and place your hands on the steering wheel. Mm. So that also knows that, so when you roll down the windows, he can see who's inside the car, mm. and he sees that your hands are actually on the steering wheel. Mm. So I tell him to do those two things. And normally when an officer you know, walks up to the car and he sees you know, who's in the vehicle and he sees your hands actually on the steering wheel, that kind of lowers you know, that, that, that level, that threat level a little bit. I see all the time when police pull uh, vehicles over, they, they touch the, the the trunk or the back. What is that? Well, yeah, we're, we're trained to do that because a lot of times, and this has happened on um, a lot of police shootings and a lot of shootings, there are people that hide in the trunk. There are people who have compartments in their back mm -hmm. that can they, can they can get from their back seat to the trunk. So we tap, we 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 hold the tr we hit the trunk to make sure it's closed. Okay. We don't, we're not trying to open it to see if anybody's okay. in there. We push it down. Mm -hmm. We make sure that it's closed. I, I always wondered what that was. Yeah. Like, why do they yeah, play we, with my trunk? Yeah, we just want to make sure that it's closed. And nobody's going to pop out from behind and you know, you know, shoot us. I mean, you know what? I get it. Right? Mm -hmm. Police officers are are human beings first. Absolutely. They're police officers. Second, you know, they have families to go home to. And just like the person who has uh, 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 has set minor infraction, they also want to go home. So everybody mm -hmm. is fucking scared of everybody. Mm -hmm. How how can we, because the, the, the citizens, the community, don't they do not feel like police officers work with them. They complain about how some of the police officers at these departments uh, uh, police in these communities that they don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. You know, they come from the suburbs of whatever and then happen to police in Baltimore City and, mm -hmm. you know, that's a it's light years apart. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you can't relate to the people that you're policing or the, the people that you want to have some type of faith in you. Right. I remember younger seeing, um, seeing on police cars, especially in, in Baltimore City where it said to protect and to serve, right? But none of those cars say that anymore. Like, really in Baltimore? yeah, really. Mm -hmm. There's no more protecting service. The shield is Baltimore City or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever county it's in. And I always wondered when did that go? Like, when did protecting, uh, protecting and serving <clears throat> stop being like the main objective? Right. Well, I don't know um, too much about that department, but I do know that you know, for officers who aren't from this area and they patrol and work in these areas. To be a good officer, you got to get out and learn your community. Yeah. So getting out and learning your community means getting out of the vehicle mm -hmm. 
walking your blocks, introducing yourself, mm. you know, talking to people, talking to um, neighbors, you know, talk, talking to citizens who've lived in that community for years, mm. talk to them about the problems and stuff that they have in the community. Mm. Um, you, you can't, you can't work on what you don't know anything about. Right. So you have to build that relationship with the community. <clears throat> you can't just sit in your car for eight hours or 10 hours and expect, you know, um, your community have trust in you. Right. So I tell officers, <clears throat> especially new officers, you have to get out and learn your beat. You have to get out and introduce yourself and talk, even if they don't want to talk to you, even right. if they walk away, they know who you are. Right. You have to build some type of relationship because um, these are people that may come to you when they want to tell you important things that are going right. on in the community. If they don't know you and they don't trust you, they're not going to they're not going to have a conversation That's with true. you. And you see, um, I think you showed me the video about um, officers getting into a fight, I believe it was in D.C., um, with a situation like that. Because, listen, <clears throat> niggas, niggas will nig, right? Mm -hmm. They want to fight. They want to... And I get it, especially when it's like if it's a male assailant or a male cop. You want to, you know, poke your chest out. You you may, you may want to fight. The video I saw, the man squared up with the with the officer. Mm -hmm. Now, at that... It, that that's common sense. That that's a threat, right? That's, absolutely, that's, that's a threat. threat. So what 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 can happen at that moment if he decides that he wants to knuckle up with a police officer? What can that police officer or any police officer that's with him? What are they allowed to do at that point? There's actually yeah, um, um, the use of forces. You know, you're you're going to use some type of use of force. So mm -hmm. a taser will be actually act, will be on point with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a guy squaring up on you and he's in he it's it's an indication that he wants to um, cause harm mm -hmm. to you so taser's fine um pepper spray is fine mm -hmm. asp is fine mm -hmm. um and hey it may be it's an all-out you know fight you yeah. know you know fist to fist mm -hmm. but um but at no time if that guy that gentleman has no no weapon or anything like that um deadly force wouldn't be um something that you would use but people, what people got to understand is a situation like that can become um, can become deadly. Um, let's say he, he he punches that officer in the face and knocks that officer out. Mm -hmm. That officer has a gun on him. Yeah, you know. So now he can. Yeah, yeah. he can. He can. He can attempt to take that gun. He can attempt to take anything on his belt. Mm -hmm. So situations can become deadly that don't start out. Um, that don't start out deadly. I just I, and 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 this is me speaking to whomever. I just want to know why do people feel like. Why do you want to fight the police? Like, like a, a responding officer at that particular. Why? It's it's almost like at, the, at at that point, I feel like you're gambling with your life, mm -hmm. right? So if something was to escalate, some deadly force was used. I mean, you in a sense, you did threaten the officer. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you ever been threatened? Uh, I've been threatened a few times. Yeah, I, I've been. I mean, I I. I it, it, if you're an officer who who who's done a lot of work and who's worked in different units and mm -hmm. who's you know aggressive and has you know done some you know some some policing in some of these you know rough communities, mm -hmm. you're you're going to there there are things that are going to be said to you, mm -hmm. you know. So I have before, um, but you know it it didn't it never got to the point where I had to use deadly force on anyone. Have you ever had to? When, okay, when you pull your gun as an officer, mm -hmm. are you pulling your gun to use it, or are you pulling your gun to like uh, scare them? Um, I don't use it as a scare tactic. Um, as far as for me, I'm on a SWAT team, so when we serve warrants and stuff, we we don't know what we're going into when we go into these homes. So 
everybody is going to have their gun out, you know, um, prior to hitting the house. And actually, when you're going in the house um, searching for individuals, you're going to have your gun out because you don't you don't know what you're going into. You don't know who's in that house. So on those situations, yes, I have my gun out. Um, but I never take my gun out to as a use it as a scare tactic. No, it's always because there is um, some type of threat there um, that I that I have where I feel as though I need to. Uh, like I said, if I may ask the individual, let me see your hands. <clears throat> let me see your hands. If that individual is failing after multiple times, me telling them, you know, to show me your hands, then I feel like there's a uh, a need for me to, you know, pull out my weapon. Not necessarily point it at them, but have it out. Right. Um, so let's talk about um, warrants okay. and the no-knock warrant that would happen to uh, the young lady, Breonna Taylor, in uh, Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, is, I've never heard of a no-knock warrant. Not, not to say that it doesn't happen, but I've never um, heard of it. Is, is, is that a common thing? Why is a no-knock warrant issue, like what, what, what is that? Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty common. Uh, no knock warrants are pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the department I work for, rarely do we get those no knock warrants. But there have been cases where um, you have certain facts and cer- certain circumstances, and a judge does give you a no knock warrant. Um, but um, with, with with our department, um, since I've been on the SWAT team, we have not done any no knock warrants. However, they are normal. They do happen. Um, I don't know in reference to um, that state um, how their policies work in reference to no-knock warrants, but mm. typically, typically, when you get a no-knock warrant, you have reliable information, you have um, facts, um, and a judge is willing to sign off on you um, um, executing a uh, no-knock warrant. Is it like the element of surprise, or what? It is, and um, and it's also you know element of surprise um, to and also to like kind of preserve evidence. Mm. Um, Normally, when you're if you do a knock warrant, um, people have time to you know flush stuff and mm. destroy evidence in reference to cases. So mm. if you do a no knock warrant, it's pretty much you know surprise, you know element of surprise. Yeah, um, with, with with that particular case, um, uh, they did a no knock warrant on her home in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, found no drugs, but her boyfriend, um, you know, just heard someone coming in the house. Mm-hmm. And shot, you know, protecting his home. I believe he had the right to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, when when the police do a no-knock warrant on the wrong home, and then something bad happens, who's responsible for that, if anybody? Well, people, a lot of people believe it's the officer's fault or. They're, they're the, it's their fault. Um, mm. Not necessarily, I'm not going to say it's the officer's fault because you got to think about it. Um, a lot of houses that the officers hit, they're getting information, you know, about, you know, like every hour on an hour, you mm. know. And when it comes to like a lot of like um, drug houses or like narcotic houses, you know, I mean, trap houses, mm. those change so much. Right. So, um, you know, let's say an undercover officer goes inside a house and, make, and makes, a transaction, mm. makes a transaction one day. That next day, that that whole operation may move to another house Mm -hmm. but you know so things like that happen where you know you know bad guys and drug dealers and stuff they move around a lot in different locations so it doesn't necessarily fall on the officer because the officer is 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 operating under good faith good faith mean you know that you're not the officer's not lying about information they receive Mm -hmm. they actually receive legitimate 
information and have probable cause to mm -hmm. go inside this house. So it doesn't necessarily fall on the officer. Um, however, with those no-knock warrants, they are dangerous because, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not banging on the door saying, hey, police search warrant. Mm -hmm. You're pretty much, it's a no-knock warrant. You, you get there and you, you're hitting the door and you're going in. So um, no-knock warrants are pretty dangerous, but um, when, when we're hitting warrants, we, we're constantly saying throughout the house, police search warrant, police search warrant, get down, get down, down, get down, get down, police search warrant. We're constantly repeating that loud so everyone in the house can hear us, that right. we are the police and we, are, we, we're, we have a search warrant mm -hmm. and we need you to comply. Now, in a no-knock warrant or warrant period, someone loses their life. Let's say an innocent person loses their life, a person that had nothing to do with anything. They just a victim of circumstance, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. What in in this particular case right here, her officer, the officer that shot her, hadn't been arrested, didn't lose his job, um, charged or anything. Mm -hmm. Is that normal? How how long does a a, a police, I guess, an internal police investigation last <laughs> with, with some shit like that? Um, it varies. I mean, you know, police investigations can last you know a year or so more. I mean, you have to. You have to think about it. Um, a lot of these cases have to go to a U.S. Attorney's Office mm -hmm. first, and they have to investigate it before it even gets to the department. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if a U.S. Attorney is investigating it, it could take you know however long. I mean, it's, there's no, mm -hmm. I, I believe there's no deadline on that. So once the U.S. Attorney's Office does their investigation, mm -hmm. and let's say they find no charges on the officer, then the department does their investigation on it, mm -hmm. um, and then you know they go from there. So it has to go to the U.S. Attorney's Office first, then it goes to the actual department. <clears throat> when we see um, an officer involved killing or shooting, and um, we see that either one, nothing happens, right? I mean, right. no charges, no, no, no people being fired, anything like that. Um, the 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 walk away rate I, I I should say, from for a lot of these officers who are involved in these killings things like that are really high, like you can get charged, and because a, a charge isn't a conviction you know what I'm saying that right. those, those are just the charges you're being brought on and a lot of people now, at least nowadays aren't really too happy with the with with just an officer being charged mm -hmm. right. They want more and, and 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 rightfully so but a lot of people don't know the process behind that and how long that shit takes. But even when an officer is charged, it's almost like regardless of what the charge is, they beat it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that makes uh, the people upset. That, that that gets everyone in an uproar because they feel like this officer should be uh, locked up and, and the key thrown away or, you know, death done to them or, you know, some, something mm -hmm. to that regard. Um why do you and if you can't answer the question that cool why do you think the conviction rate is so low with officers that are involved in these type of things um there's it's, it's a number of reasons um why they're low um for one you may have a a u.s attorney that is over a u.s attorney that is overcharging officers mm -hmm. And when I say over, I've seen overcharging, that. I feel like, um, and this is just my opinion, I feel like a lot of these U.S. attorneys are 
um, going off of their emotions mm -hmm. and not properly charging the officers what they need to charge them with. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and then <clears throat> other reasons are, um, I guess people, you know, can voice their opinion and be upset, but I feel like in order for you to voice your opinion and to be upset, you have to do your research on officers' policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. You have to do your research on law, and then I think that'll give you a better perspective on why officers do what they do, mm -hmm. uh, because you have some people that come up to me and say, uh, yeah, that situation was bad. Why? How come the officer, why aren't you guys trained to shoot the gun out somebody's hand or shooting the leg mm -hmm. or shooting the arm? If you, if you know officers, um, police officers' policies and procedures, officers aren't trained to shoot a gun out somebody's hand or shoot somebody in the leg. So it's not like the movies. It's not like the movies. Mm -hmm. Officers are trained to stop the threat. You know, that's all we're trained on to stop the threat. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trained to take leg shots or take yeah, take calf shots or shoulder shots. We're mm -hmm. not trained. We're just trained to stop the threat. So I think once people start getting a better understanding on um, um, how officers train, mm -hmm. then I think they can, you know, um, voice their opinion better um, and have an understanding on why officers do what they do. Do you think and that there are a lot, there is a lot of racism inside the police force? I mean, I know every jurisdiction in every city and every state is different, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, we hear about um, KKK members being... Um, you know, having judges in their pockets or being sergeants or whatever the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Is there some validity to that? Um, I can't speak personally on that. My, I I believe that there's. I don't believe there's a. I don't believe there's a lot of racism in um in the police department. Um, are there racist officers? Mm. Yeah, I mean, are there racism still exists? Um, I feel like more. I think I think it's a more of a um, like educational problem. I feel like um, officers that aren't from these um, these areas mm -hmm. and come from you know come from the suburbs mm -hmm. or come from the country to work you know in these these urban communities. Mm -hmm. I feel like they need to educate themselves more on that community. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think everything is a race thing. I don't. I the race card. I kind of like to. I don't like to use that all the time because mm -hmm. they're, they're, we're all human and there's other factors. So I'm not, the first thing is not gonna, gonna say, the first thing that, that's not gonna come out of my mouth is that also is racist. It could be just an educational situation. But you know, that's the first thing that comes that's out of people's mouth. That's the first thing that comes out of people's mouth. It does, and I feel like I feel like it's not, it's not a race thing all the time. I feel like it's just, it's a, it's just a, a knowledge thing. Like people just need to understand and, um, and, and um, learn the mm -hmm. communities that they work in understand the um you know just have some type of compassion yeah. and empathy on what um people in these urban communities go through or mm -hmm. what they have been going through so I, I race for me i i don't i don't think everything's a race issue at all i don't i don't think everything comes down to race i just think it comes down just to people just need to officers officers in the community just need to do a better um, job of you know working together and kind of educating themselves on each other, learning how, each other. But better. How, how, with all this shit and all this, 
because it's, it's, it's always going to be a clash, okay. and the clash is, is, is huge now. Mm-hmm. How can us, the community, you guys, the police officers, how can we unite in a sense, if we can at all? Right. We, we got to, as, as officers, we got to go out here and do more in the community. That's the mm-hmm. only way. I mean, like I said, we work, we work, for, we work for you all. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we all, we have to do more for the community. Um, and there are a lot of um, departments that do a lot, you know, as far as like, you know, block parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for every, you know, Halloween or Christmas, there's always stuff going on at uh, the police stations that mm-hmm. are actually in these areas. Um, so I just feel like police just have to do more um, and try to build that trust back. The media doesn't help at police all. at all. At all. Let's just call it, call it what all. it is. The, yeah, the media doesn't, the media, because the media only focuses on the negative. The media never focuses on the positive that the officers do in the community. Right. And, and believe it or not, there are more people that want the police in the community than it, than it is people who don't. I well, know, you know the media. This- I know the media um, has everybody thinking that you know they don't. You know, community members don't want the police in there. But trust me, we talk to a lot of um, citizens who've been in these communities for years. They mm-hmm. want us there. It's like when I heard the whole defunding police, right? I, first of all, I think that's a fucking bonehead fucking idea, right? Because, okay, let's say you got um, the toughest nigga in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. And that, everybody know what he does. He, he sells drugs. He kills. He rot. He does. He does. Who the, no, Because no one in the fucking hood in the community is going to fuck with this man. Right. So if there's no police officer that has or no police department, no force, no type of laws and regulations, he's going to run a fucking muck. He's going to kill the entire or do, or do whatever mm-hmm. to the entire community. And you want to take away... The, Listen, I, that, there was one point in my life where I wanted to be a police officer. I did. Uh-huh. And the reason why I wanted to do it because the niggas get paid. I'm right. thinking about the money, right? <laughs> no lie. Okay. So I've tried, or I did try, many different uh, uh, departments of Baltimore County, Baltimore City, and Arundel County. I think yeah, I even tried DC and PG, if, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And it didn't work, right? So, all right, so I, I hung up my fucking uh, uh, cop dreams and started <laughs> delivering mail, right? <laughs> That's where I am. Uh-huh. But defunding the police—what? Well, see, you got, you got, you got a group. You got. See, for me, the understanding I'm getting from defunding the police, you got one group of people that are saying defund the police. We don't want them in our community at all. We'll police ourselves. You got that group <laughs> over here to your left. You got another group over to over to your right saying defund the police mean take away their budget, take away their funding, like far as you know. Um, like their training and stuff like that. So I'm kind of confused on that because why would you yeah. want to take away, you would want to give, in my opinion, I'm like, I'm thinking, hey, these officers aren't doing what they need to do. Let's get them more training. Right. Let's, 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 let's raise that budget to give them more training to make sure it's going to right. their training. But see, I think stuff like that, even saying that is, is based off of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want, no you, no, you need that <laughs> shit. Like, I don't want, I mean, okay, maybe, Money could be split up better, maybe it could be allocated better, but to say that you don't want them, no, we don't have, unfortunately, we do not have the leaders in our communities to be able to police our fucking selves. Mm-hmm. It'll be like the purge every fucking day. You got a problem with someone, get you're going to go handle that, and there's no one that's going to come. Who, who, who's going to be the first responder now, right? right? Exactly. Who's going to be the one to have, You. we need some type of, we need police. I don't right. give a fuck what I'm saying. So, so and my, that's and that's another thing. I'm like, so who? If you if you want to defund the police and you want to get the police out of your specific neighborhood, my question is, who do you call when your home is getting burglarized? 
or who do you call when you're getting robbed or um you know if somebody you know is trying to cause harm to you or threatening you or or you know or let's let's just call it what it is who are you going to call when somebody shoots up a neighborhood right or you know or, right. or you know or homicide happens you know, right. who, who are you going to call who are you, you going to call when you when you're dealing with that individual that's on pcp mm. and not listening to anybody mm. and he's you know you know you know how people on pcp yeah. are they're strong as shit yeah they're strong they're not listening to anybody so who do you want to call are, are right. you as the community leader going to handle that situation <laughs> we don't have a community leader <laughs> and that's my thing i just think we need to really focus and really look at that um, before you know you make that decision on defunding yeah. the police because yeah. if that happens um you know there are there are other things that could happen <laughs> and probably you will be in a worse position than you would be yeah i just i, I just i mean i there are some laws and some regulations that should be looked at, revised, and changed for the times. Mm -hmm. uh, you you can't police how you use the police in the 50s and 60s and 70s the same way that you do today. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. uh, a, a training has to change. Um, mm -hmm. Some 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 of those uh, training tactics that may have worked back then may be obsolete now and just – it, it may not be necessary. Correct. Or, you know, you just need to upgrade certain shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Because with every other job or every other thing that you need, like a license, or you have to go get it renewed or some mm -hmm. shit like that, I think we should just don't defund the fucking police. I don't care. <laughs> no, just don't fucking do that. That, that is the worst. Because like you said, when someone is, someone's dead, right, mm -hmm. who the fuck are you going to call? Right. Ghostbusters? Like, who, like who, who, who are you going to call? We need... We need that. Right. But then, you know, you, you got the ones who, you know, who don't like the police and, you know, say F the police and F-12 and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, when their buddy gets shot or something like that, who, yeah. who's the first person they call? Where the fuck did 12, why did, what does the number 12 mean? What, what does that mean? Uh, a jur the, you know, the jury. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's I, the, that's the I was, relation I was there. today years old when I fucking learned that shit. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's wild. I, mm -hmm. I, and to, to close that out, we need the police. Maybe we need better policing. Don't don't not have the police. Don't you trust me? The, the community is not strong enough at this point where we don't need some type of laws. It will mm -hmm. be it will be the purge when someone like like you said when someone robs you, mm -hmm. who are you gonna call? When someone kills your friend, who the fuck are you gonna call? Mm -hmm. When someone breaks in your house, what are you gonna do? Right. Well, if you know who the person is that you know murdered your friend, he's hiding in somebody's backyard as a as a as a person in the community are you going to go up to that person and Fuck say no. hey you no. need to turn yourself in no <laughs> no now you may now i'm not saying that it doesn't happen yeah, you, you you do have happen. some people in some communities that are like that right. but that's not a that's not a very popular a very a very popular thing unfortunately mm -hmm. for real you, you want to call the people who are typically trained to yeah. handle situations like that yeah Cause I, I I ain't gonna lie to you. If I know a nigga who kills somebody here, I'm not approaching that nigga. I think he gonna kill me. I'm not. I'm just right. not. And that's I I feel like I think like the majority of fucking people out here too. So mm -hmm. we, we don't have a whole bunch of Captain Planets out here trying to save the fucking world. I wish we had Batman and, and uh, for real and, and Spider Man. It, it may make a lot of things more easier, mm -hmm. a lot of things more understandable. But people don't understand that. A lot. Well, most people don't understand that police officers are humans first, but they do have a job to do. We are humans, and we have a job to do ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, I just feel like to, to together we will be much stronger. But it's 
it's it's that wall, it's that barrier that's right there. And a lot of people put racism at the forefront, which again, racism is a problem. I'm pretty sure you do have a, a few select officers who are closet races and you know it happens to come out when they're at work or whatever mm-hmm. for real for real but let's say it's two apples two bad apples in a in a dozen you know that doesn't make everybody bad right. so i will i will say that but um yeah um this 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 conversation we had is was definitely much needed brother absolutely appreciate you for uh giving me an opportunity to get some insight on, you know, get a few questions answered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any last words you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I just want to say, man, you know, let's, uh, you know, because I, I am African-American too, so I just want to say let's, uh, as a person who, you know, grew up in the DMV area, let's just, let's get our communities c- communities back, you know. Let's um, let's hold our our friends, let's hold our family, let's hold our, our kids accountable for, mm-hmm. you know, things that they do, you know what I'm saying. Let's let's get our kids in order you know let's 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 get our community back it starts with the community first mm-hmm. you know we can you know we can voice our opinions on the police and everything else but at the end of the day it starts in your own community and it starts at home yes, home is the key it starts at home let me change that it starts at home first it starts at home you know so um let's just get our get our get our homes in order you know what i'm saying let's you know hold on to our kids our youth because you know they're the ones out here that you know are are going through this right now and you know they're key right now so let's just let's focus on our home first getting the home life straight and let's focus on our communities and then i think everything else will fall in place i agree with you bro um like i said uh at, at the beginning of this um follow the podcast on instagram twitter stream us everywhere uh share it with a friend uh, and if you have any questions, any anything that I may or may not have missed that you would like to get answered, maybe. Yes, please. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get back on and I'll answer any He'll questions. Come back. Any questions. Uh, you know how to reach me. Uh, the email, everything will be in the description of the podcast. And uh, we out of here, man. You've been listening to Chillin' with Juice. Real. Raw and blunt just like you like it finally a podcast that doesn't blow smoke right up your ass new episodes every friday we hope you enjoyed the show leave us a great rating and hell tell a friend or two we'll be back next friday but until then follow us on instagram at chillin with juice pod on twitter at i'm chillin and of course find us on apple Podcasts, spotify overcast stitcher youtube anchor and google until next time this is the chillin with juice podcast signing off